DMVR Draft Pod, and we have an old classic with Big Hank, Henry Chisholm of DMVR Broncos. We did this for a minute, just you and me, Henry, and uh, then you moved up to Broncos, and I'm getting you back because you're fresh off all these great camp pieces. We had a chance to do a few episodes in the offseason while Zach was off on his honeymoon to talk about some undrafted um, free agent rookies. And uh, yeah, I think this is kind of an episode to like, if anyone missed, great episode you guys did yesterday, Zach, Todd, and you, or the stuff we were doing in more the dead of summer. This is your nice recap right before preseason game one. How are you doing? I am doing good. I've got like one more mm. week of just kind of like my life being hell. Yeah. It's just like you wake up, you go to practice, you write about practice. And then next thing you know, it's like 10 o'clock and you're like, well, time to eat something and go to bed. But it's like a, it's like the fun kind of hell. It's like, uh, it's like that jail for rich people, you know, where it's like they have tennis courts mm, and stuff. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, I am in jail, but yes. it is like a pretty fun jail. <laughs> Totally. You absolutely are a white collar criminal. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Everything makes so much sense. Um, that act, you'd be living your best life. You'd probably eat better than you eat now. Um, Ooh, that is true until you get the golf because I signed up for like the full factor package. Boom. Like I went all the way in. I was, well, it was because of the like the first four days of training camp where I was doing what I was saying where I was like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. I live like five blocks from a McDonald's. It's like, okay, uh, half the time I go to McDonald's, like a couple times I bail and get Uber Eats and none of it was like a good idea. And so I was like, you know what? We've got this awesome factor discount, uh, DMVR 50, I believe. Hell yeah. Hell or is it, yeah. No, I think it might be DMVR Bronco 50. That's what it is. Yeah. Make sure DMVR you get the Bronco 50 works too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't use that. Use the oh, Bronco one. Good, we need good, credit. Good. But You're I was right. just like, you know what? I'm signing up for 14 meals a week. Boom. Uh, isn't that crazy? That's like yeah. that's obviously two meals a day. I was just like for for five weeks, you get the discount. It makes it like a good deal, which is why I got so much because the more you get, the cheaper the price is, and then uh-huh. you still get the half off for the whole yeah. thing. I was like, if it's we're gonna do deal. this, let's just do this. It's so a great I deal. I would eat better in prison right now, totally. but starting Tuesday, not so I'm fast, about to be That's great. That's great. So many free ads in that one. Um, little story factor meal, uh, Uber Eats, mm-hmm. and uh, most of all, yes, the white collar <laughs> industrial prison. I was not a bad place. Well. No, no, not at all. Um, so yeah, Hank, rookies. We've talked so much about college football on this pod. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. I don't know if in segment three you want to give me some quick realignment thoughts. Why but- not? Let's focus on these rookies. We talked about them all of last year on this podcast, all of this year, too. Uh, But, yeah, there's still some guys that were never brought up on this pod that have impressed you and maybe some guys that we very much have talked about on extensively on this pod that have stood out. So, yeah, man, the rookie recap. What's uh, what's hot from camp? What are we two weeks in now? We are just time isn't real. Um, so I can't exactly. say, let's say, let's call it two this weeks. Cause yeah, no, it was, it started on like the 26th. So we're, we're past two weeks now. Boom. Um, geez. Yeah. 
I'm excited for camp to be over. I'm just going to get that out of the way. But yeah, awesome. uh, the rookies, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll get into some undrafted guys later. Honestly, yes. that's what I find the most interesting in this camp. Right? Um, well, let's just start from the top. It was it was Marvin Mims, obviously the the top draft pick. Yes, sir. He had the little soft tissue injury, so we didn't see a lot of him until let's call it a week ago. Again, time isn't real, so Boom. it's tough for me to say exactly. Sure. But as soon as Brandon Johnson tweaked his ankle, all of a sudden Marvin Mims is their number three receiver. Ooh. Where, you know, coming into this, you were thinking like, well, obviously you got Tim Patrick, he's your number three. You got mm-hmm. KJ Hamler, who mm-hmm. is like your your number four to start. He's like he the don't. most proven of the guy, but like then you got Mims competing behind Marcus Callaway. Now you're sitting here and it's just like that's that's Mims. And Brandon Johnson's gonna be back in a couple weeks, which is good news, obviously. But Absolutely. as for right now, he's already up in that spot, which is pretty crazy to me. And like I said, I he hasn't been out there a lot, so you don't get to see a whole bunch. But he made he made one big play, and that was we'll call it Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. I think Tuesday. Uh just deep ball down the sideline, a beat Jaquan McMillan, two minute drill. Russ hits him. I think it was a thirty seven yard gain. It's like, ah, oh, that's a that's a nice play, and that's really the only notable play he's made in team drills or seven-on-sevens or anything, but you see it, and you're like, huh, that's nice. And the big thing, he is the returner. Like, I'm convinced. I know. Like, I they're... loved hearing that from you on the pod yesterday. Like, it sounds like he's got that locked down right now. Definitely. Like, they, it was him in Montreal catching punts for, like, a couple days. The last day or two, they let Kendall Hinton catch a couple um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's those are Marvin Mims' jobs. So that's, like, the baseline and he looks like he's number he's the number three receiver. Crazy. This early into camp. That's wild. Yeah. Obviously, uh injuries have played a factor in that, but that's why you draft the guy that high. Definitely. Drew Sanders, baby. Tell me. I I'm maybe the biggest Drew Sanders guy on the market. I talked myself into him maybe being a half decent bet uh as defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean he He's probably exactly what you expect from him at this point, but mm-hmm. it's still just kind of weird to see it play out on a field. You know, he he isn't like he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. Yeah. But things just seem to work out for him because he's Drew Sanders. So, like for example, pretty early in camp, That's Greg Dulcich ran like a deep out route. There's like 12 yards, 15 yards, somewhere around there, and Drew's in coverage and Drew's just all over him. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, he, it's suffocating coverage. And I think it was Russell Wilson who threw the ball and you're like, why, why did you throw that ball? Um, no, that one was Stidham. Don't put that on Russ. Um, but go. the ball, like Sanders just has his back to the quarterback, puts his arms up and it just like bounces off one of his hands or something. It's incomplete. And that's one where you say, if you just knew to turn your head around and kind of trusted your technique a little bit, that would have been an interception. Mm-hmm. But instead it's just like a pass breakup, which isn't yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but that's what it is. There's there's a, another couple plays where it's just like there's a ball that goes over his head and he jumps up and tips it, and you're just like, huh. He shouldn't be able to do that. Like yeah. that that ball should have been safe, but he's just that sort of athlete. Um gets number in the one athlete like, in the state of Texas, man. He's something exactly. else. Exactly. He got into the backfield a couple times, but it's it's kind of like a once every two to three days he makes a play like the Dulcich play or tip ball where it's like, wow, he really is special. But for the most part, you honestly don't notice him out there much. Mm, more flash right now. Yep. 
what kind of path to immediate uh, snaps is there for Drew Sanders? Because Marvin well, Mims, it seems like they are are two very clear paths as the number three wide receiver and as your set and forget punter kick returner. I'm sorry, Hank. Both. Both. The other interesting ooh, thing, ooh, ooh. I think, is that Tremont Smith hasn't caught a punter kick that I've seen in camp. So they aren't. He didn't even really factor into the conversation, which I think when all is said and done, when we get to the end of the season, nobody's going to be thinking back on like, wow, wasn't that weird that like Tremont's like nobody's probably thinking about Tremont Smith. Like he's right. very much on the roster bubble, which is to say he's probably on the outside looking in at the moment. If he's not getting the snaps. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, but that also is just kind of something that has stuck out to me. Um, but yeah, Drew Sanders path to the field, Jonas Griffith torn ACL. That's big for him because Griffith was having an incredible camp. Yes. Like yes. incredible camp. He looked yep. like an NFL starter, which is what he was last year. You know, they, they played him as a starting linebacker. Um, he was supposed to start over Alex Singleton, but then there was the what injury to Josie, Josie early, I believe. And then Alex missed a couple weeks. And so like Jonas kind of patched in for those two guys Mm -hmm. and then he got hurt. So it was like a five week season or something like that. Um, It's a shame that they lose him because they looked like they had the best backup inside linebacker duo in the NFL with Jonas and Drew Sanders Um, for Drew obviously is more of a path to the field. Um, But I don't, I haven't seen enough to say like, they got to get this guy on the field. And when you have Josie Jewell and you have Alex Singleton, unless there's a unless there's somebody who's really making you think we need him out there, mm-hmm. you probably just leave those guys on the field. So I, I yeah. guess that we see like a couple third down rush packages. I think that Drew's probably going to be a pretty in- important special teamer, but at least a few first few weeks of the season, if he does any more than play, we'll call it five or six third downs per game, I would be surprised. As of now, we still got to see preseason. We still got, you know, another month before the first game. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the growth that rookies can make sometimes are pretty exponential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think he could rack up tackles if he does see the field. You're getting more of a feel of him as a true inside linebacker in the NFL. I mean, I know rush packages, mm-hmm. what have you. But like, if Baron Browning's ultimate position is on the edge his ultimate position is an off-ball linebacker uh yeah he's definitely an off-ball linebacker i think um just that athleticism because he has the pop too i know he does so much man it comes so easy and that pop is why like you just don't see that much in camp he does like there there was one play where he really hit somebody um i'm trying to remember what it is i can't oh it was a clothesline little receiver michael bandy like who nobody's probably really heard of, and mm-hmm. that's why it works so well. Drew just sticks his arm out, clotheslines the guy, and just bang, like flat on his back. And that's another one we say would be really nice if you were in a position where you could, you know, get both arms around him, maybe put a shoulder into him, you know, mm-hmm. form tackle. Yeah. But instead, he's able to reach an arm out and just bang. The guy's on the ground. You're like, not perfect, but that will work just fine in this situation. And if that works just fine in games, you might be one of the best linebackers in the league. It's exciting. I really think his potential is tremendous. Uh, Maybe the guy that on the draft itself, we felt like, oh, geez, this is the dude who's going to have the most immediate path to starting and getting lots of snaps as a rookie, Riley Moss. Uh, How's how's that shaking out? 
So he missed the first couple of practices with uh, just just a, a small soft tissue thing. And then a week or week and a half probably ago, he went down with uh, well, what Sean Payton said, something like a sports hernia. So I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's like a sports hernia, um, but <laughs> that's he had a surgery for it. He's yeah. out for um, I guess it was four weeks from that point with another couple weeks probably to acclimate. Um, so he's, he's going to miss the early part of the season and we just haven't seen a lot of him when he was out there. He didn't, he didn't do anything. You know, there, there are no plays that I could think back to. Where I say like, wow, what a play Riley, but they're also, he wasn't getting beat much either. It was, it was pretty competitive battles between him and, you know, like a little Jordan Humphrey or a Kendall Hinton. Um, so, what does that mean for somebody that means you're probably not starting corner if you're playing with those guys competitively and yeah. you know, still like early in camp. Those are his first few NFL practices. Yep. But when you also don't have any more practices before the season, he's, he's probably going into the season. Uh, Jaquan McMillan's your third outside corner. Um, yeah. And then it's Moss or it's Tremont Smith or Fabian Morrow or, uh, Who's the other guy? Kind of like Fayon Hicks has made a couple plays. I guess we're getting to some of those guys Ooh, later. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Fayon Hicks is, and Fayon, and they've started sure. using him in the slot a little bit more too, which isn't a huge surprise. But um, it's competitive for Riley just to get that fourth outside cornerback spot, and he can't compete right now. Right, right. So injuries have played a factor. Maybe some of the depth you didn't totally expect mm-hmm. after the draft at cornerback is also paying dividends, which is awesome. Um. But yeah, that sucks about the injuries. Love to hear all those names. Okay, come on, man. Give me, give me, you know what we're here for. You know, you know what we're here for. Give me, give me the goods on on the the little guys, the undrafted, the practice squatters who might not even be practice squad stashes anymore. That's I mean, that's what this is all about. And top of the list. Yeah, top of the I was gonna say top of the list by far. You can't say by far. It's Nate Adkins. Like he is, he is the guy. Let's like go. if you're looking at undrafted free agents to make the team, he's, he is the number one guy on that list. You know, Julio McLaughlin also deserves some hype, but you know, he's in that three-way competition for one job. Nate Adkins has already surpassed Albert Okwebunam on the depth chart. He's sitting as tight end number four. Keeping four tight ends is not a crazy idea. Um, he, I'm, I can't say who has worked with the starters, so we'll move mm. on. Um, mm. But Nate Adkins, he is just such a fun guy to see how they use him. Um, going back to June, you know, I just wrote about this, but Sean Payton said he's a guy you could put in the tight ends room. You could put him in the running backs room. We decided to put him in the tight ends room. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Can you think of a more fun player than that? Uh, we talked about him as an H-back candidate. Yep. He's so interesting. He's a guy at South Carolina. We talked about in that undrafted free agent, kind of one of those tight ends. <clears throat> Not maybe the longest guy, but he's got decent size, got a, a little bit of a gut, um, and really mm. came along in the final stretch of the season when they started using him more as a wide receiver. In a stretch of the season where the Gamecocks were really like on fire, had some huge upsets of Notre Dame, Clemson and I always forget the third upset. Um, uh, oh yeah, I forget too. I know Notre Dame and Clemson were the the big ones. Oh Tennessee, them. Tennessee. Yeah, and then Hooker was hurt, but they beat Tennessee. That was their second loss of the season. Um, 
and yeah, he has huge plays. He's he's like the receiver of the game against Notre Dame and then uh, snags a beautiful one-handed grab against Clemson. And as you've pointed out, have, forces a fumble as well. Are they using yep. him on special teams? I'm, I would imagine, you know, I, I haven't noticed a whole bunch. There've been specific guys I've been looking for because I'm working yeah, yeah, on a special yeah. team story and I want to see where they are. Yeah. Um, so I haven't noticed him, but I'm sure he's out there doing that sort of stuff. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the, that's the path for him. You know, that's when you get down to the end of the roster, like you can keep three or four tight ends. You, you can keep, you know, four or five or maybe six safeties. But but you get to the point where you, those guys are competing against each other. You know, mm-hmm. who's going to be the sixth receiver? That's like Jalen Virgil. I think they might just keep five. Yeah. But if you look at like the Jalen Virgil, can he earn a spot? Kendall Hinton, can he earn a spot? Those are all those guys competing. So for Nate Adkins, it's really fun to see what they've done with him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he... He's not going to make any big plays tonight, but if he catches a couple passes, you know, bootleg, he gets the ball underneath, makes yeah. a guy miss. Um, Just to see him run with the ball in his hands in the open field would be fun. Yeah. Um, and Michael yeah, Burton, too. I know this is a fit oh, sorry. story, but Michael Burton, he's caught a bunch of balls in the flats, and obviously you're not allowed to break tackles, but he's he, he's built differently than any other human I've seen before. I'm excited to see him tonight too. He's one. I, I think. I think he might have two catches and four broken tackles tonight. That's going to be awesome. I wonder if Nate Adkins could kind of be like a bigger version of a Kyle Usechek, but somewhat used in a similar way. I think um, that's absolutely that it. H back, you know, uh, yeah, fullback, versatile tight end. Yep. You want to get into uh, Jaleel? Yeah, we gotta get into Jaleel. Because he's another, like, if there's one player to watch tonight, it's Jaleel McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, he has everything, you know. Running back, Youngtown State, yep. Yep, and it's just so easy to watch a running back, you know. Yes, it, it's, yes. Ev- every casual fan, um, the people who aren't listening to this podcast, they're going to be coming away from this game saying, like, ooh, Jaleel McLaughlin looked really good. Like, they got mm-hmm. fine spot. Or maybe it's Tyler Beatty. Like, there's a couple of those guys. Um, but Jaleel... Yeah. NCAA all-time leading rusher started D two Notre Dame College went to uh, 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 yeah, Youngstown. Youngstown State yep. um, FCS powerhouse and yes. uh, finished his career with over eight thousand rushing yards just yeah, ridiculous mm-hmm. he has probably seventy five percent of the days he has had the longest run of any of the running backs and some of that's like blocking and all that sort of stuff it's tough to tell like who's getting tackled and who's not. Um, but it's at least once a day where you look at him and you're like, wow, that burst is special. He's also a guy who, you know, you're not allowed to ta- tackle, which I've said over and over again. Yeah. He has yeah. wound up on the ground a couple of times because, you know, PJ Mustafer got him a couple of days ago. Or it's just like he wasn't trying to tackle him. Jaleel's a small guy. And so he goes to the ground anyway because that's just what happens when you run with PJ mm-hmm. Mustafer. So that's this is a big night for him to prove that he can be more than just a speed threat. Because yeah. again, like it's like four four speed, four four four, something like that. That's fast. Yeah. But it isn't so fast that you have to find a spot for him. So yep. it's not so fast that you say, Hey, if we open a hole one in every four times that he's on the field, we're getting fifteen yards out of that. Mm-hmm. And we can live with whatever else. So he he's probably second most likely rookie to make the team after Nate Adkins. Um again, it's a three way competition for one spot, and it's pretty cut and dry. 
Yeah, uh, that's going to be interesting. He uh, he's such a fun guy to watch, but he yep. is a very like niche player because mm-hmm. of that size. You know, yeah. He um, also made the depth chart as a uh, kick returner. So he's the number three kick returner. So we'll probably see him get a couple opportunities tonight, which I'll be curious in. Yeah, and again, proving that he's got that contact balance and can break some tackles in the open field, a big part of that eval yeah. as well. Um, okay, we're going to keep talking Broncos from a draft lens in just a second. But first, shout out to the homies at game time. Use that code DMVR for 20 off they have the best last second deals the app is fantastic to use right now man all sorts of tickets for college football broncos preseason rockies tickets are up to 14 bucks with i believe the braves coming to town it's a great time to download that game time app create an account use that code dmvr for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code DMVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Great customer service. Check them out. And check out our good friends at Shady Rays. I love me some good shades. Um, You know, I'm a guy who likes to accessorize. I love to be stylish. And uh, I hate the prices of the designer glasses, but you know, I'm, I also like a lens that's not going to just destroy my eyes with this Colorado sun. So shady rays is fantastic because already their prices are amazing with great lenses and um, fantastic, you know, designer quality glasses and designs all at the lowest prices on the market. And on top of that, our listeners can use the code DMVR for 50% off right now. It's an incredible deal when you purchase two. And at checkout, you'll get uh you'll see even more great deals um on there. They'll try to tack on an extra pair of glasses, great deals on uh cases and what have you. I love Shady Rays. I have like five pairs, and then I see all the great other styles that my colleagues around the office were able to get. And I think of getting even more. They are amazing. Exclusive for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving you our best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use that code DMVR for 50% off. Two plus pairs, polarized sunglasses. Try it yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over a quarter million people. ShadyRays.com. Love those guys. Use that code DMVR. Awesome deal. All right, Hank. You got any more rookies you want to touch on or uh, should we move on to the biggest needs you see on the Broncos roster going into this Mm. season since they finally have a first round pick? Amazing. I've got two more, two more and I'll go quickly. One is JL Skinner. Oh Um, yeah. He hasn't done much during camp and uh, he needs a good preseason or he needs some special teams. He needs something. Um, because you just look at the depth chart, you know, again, it's Vance Joseph actually using the previous defense, which is interesting. He's not bringing a defense with him that he's implementing. He's like getting Justin Simmons to teach him how this defense works. Mm-hmm. And he's running the same, de- like strange concept. But because of that, the point is it's not free safety, strong safety. It's right safety, left safety. You know, it just depends on the alignment, who comes down, who stays deep. So that means that these 
these safeties are just listed kind of in order. It's not like by position. Uh-huh. And so you look at it, starters are Kareem Jackson slash Caden Stearns and Justin Simmons. So there's three there. You got PJ Locke. Then you got Delaren Turner Yell. And then you get to JL Skinner at number six. Keeping six safeties would be a lot. And yeah. Sean Payton says over and over again, he's more than willing to cut players. He's cut fourth round picks that he's drafted. And I think yes. that as it stands right now, JL Skinner is on the outside looking in when it comes to this roster. Now, he also has missed a couple practices early. He didn't get much of an offseason because he's come back from the torn peck. So he hasn't had as many opportunities. But as of right now, he wouldn't make the team. So watching him in the preseason is going to be interesting. I love JL Skinner. That guy can really, I mean really bring down the hammer. He's a fun yep. dude in the box and he's got length. Like he's not a stiff in coverage, um, especially like just North and South. He moves mm-hmm. pretty well, um, but they have a lot of safeties. I like, so it's a yeah. really interesting position. I don't think that'll be on your biggest needs, but you never know. Cause Kareem is no. up there. Um, and then yeah, one, one more, more uh, the little receiver, Taylor Grimes, dude, he- incarnate ward. Yes, he has been. Uh, he's been one of the three most productive receivers in camp. I Not think bad. that you could probably save him more about him, but I'm I'm 100 confident he's been one of the top three. If you want to compare him to like what Jerry and Court have done, you could probably do that too. Um, again, wow. he's not going out there with the starters. He's not going up out there against Pat Sertan. But like one on ones, he beat Justin Simmons all three times they've gone against each other in camp. One of them, he sent Justin Simmons to the ground. I talked about this on yesterday's podcast, so if people listened, it's they might hate this. But there was one play <laughs> where he got Isang Bassey on his back. Yeah, it's like running up field, and Isang's had like a pretty good camp, and he like slows down a little bit because he knows he's on his back. Like he looks like a point guard out there when he gets a defender on his back. He just gives a little shake to the left, cuts to the right, and just comes butt naked across the middle like there's stuff like that that you see and you're just like oh my goodness he, he caught a touchdown in a two-minute drill punted the ball like he has had a loud great training camp and again we talk about those receivers why why couldn't he beat out you know little jordan humphrey kendall hinton i think kendall hinton's probably your number six right now taylor grimes has been much more productive in camp like kendall has a little bit obviously the special team's history Taylor Grimes is on the roster bubble and that's, that's like a good thing for him because we didn't expect him to be on the bubble. We expected him to be like maybe the practice squad bubble. At best, um, right. So keep an eye on him too. That's really interesting. Get a guy to really watch for the preseason because you know, yep. these, these little like twitched up wideouts, it's so hard to stick with them in a practice mm-hmm. setting where you can't get fully physical and what have you. Yep. Um, so him showing it up in a preseason setting where refs can probably be a little loose with the uh, with the whistle will be really intriguing. All right, Hank, biggest needs have I don't think you've covered the Broncos and they've had a first round pick. No, no, I never have. And to be honest, I haven't even thought about the like next year's draft. Like it just right. hasn't even crossed my mind until this podcast. Um, so it is really interesting. Yeah. Um, we'll just I ignore think you could make a case for a lot of different positions, right? Where it's like, depending on how things go this season, we might feel great about this spot. It might be a top three need. 
So yep. I, I understand that. Obviously, this is a more complex exercise at this juncture in the off season and camp, but it's why it's a fun exercise to do on a podcast. 100%. Um, I look at cornerback. I think that that makes some sense just given it's a position of value. Like yeah. obvi- defensive line would also be a good one, but if you're drafting yeah. with the first round pick, you don't, don't love picking defensive linemen. I look at this cornerback room and as of right now, Damari Mathis is kind of unproven. He played he played much better than I expected last year. Sure. I think he's probably just like the long-term starter in the Broncos' minds. At the same time, if he's if he's an average number two corner this season, you probably feel pretty good about that. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, I think that that's a good season. Kwan Williams is on the last year of his deal. He's yeah. an old cornerback, so you could almost use some sort of slot guy. And it's like I like Jaquan McMillan. You can't bank on him being a starter in the future you know riley moss like i said like there's obvious talent there but he hasn't really proven anything so i i think that that cornerback position is just so unproven and there's a it's it's a position of value that that one would make some sense to me yeah and i mean there's so much stress that's going to be put on the cornerback that's playing opposite pat yeah and um i mean the other thing is like as you know, there's a lot of names you've thrown around and a lot of them that are intriguing and you might feel good about in the camp setting, but mm-hmm. you, you probably have guys you feel decent about as your three fours and not anyone you're like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a high end too, you know? Yeah. Um, and the fewer holes you have to exploit on a defense like that, the greater that defense is going to be. And then that that's probably going to factor into a bit of a combo CB two nickel corner because of a K one situation and kind of a long-term Kareem replacement is all like, there's kind of like three rotating secondary spots. You feel like you could potentially upgrade or might need to upgrade depending on how next off season goes. Yep. Um, Defensive line. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned that before that's a spot where you could add a guy again. Does it need to be a first round pick? You got Zach Allen, you got DJ Jones, I actually really like their defensive line room. I, I know people have been concerned about, it, but when you have those two as your top two, Mike Purcell is like a true nose, 21 run stuffs last year. Like there's yeah, there's yeah. some good stuff there. And then Jonathan Harris is kind of the catalyst because he's had such a good camp. But if that doesn't hold up, who knows? Purcell's a free agent after this year. Jonathan Harris is a free agent after this year. You know, so you're looking at Matt Hennings in. He's he's your number three. You get right. any Uzurike back potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on the potentially, but there's just kind of a lack of bodies there um, next season. And and they're an injury away from being in trouble this season. But right now, one through six, I think they've got a good one, a good two, a good three, a good four. Like, I kind of like where they're at after this year. That kind of changes again. I'm not sure that's a massive need, but they'll need at least somebody to plug that hole. I'm encouraged by you saying that it does feel like, um, Certainly in his history with the Saints, that was a priority uh, in the draft for Sean Payton was hitting up that defensive line, probably more on the edges than on the inside. But they still, you know, I'm trying to think like Sharif Floyd, Cam Jordan, like there were definitely some high picks on the D line and even more high picks on the O line. I mean, that's just that yeah. Parcells tree, like building the roster inside out. Right. Um 
Interesting. I'm encouraged you saying that. I mean, obviously you love their two starters at the five tech. I've seen like ESPN has a depth chart out with Frank Clark in a five tech spot, which huh. I'd be very intrigued by. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like you've seen that at all. No, no, <laughs> it's, it, it is interesting though, because right? he's never been a, a stand up outside linebacker. Like he's just never done it. Right. Um, he's a four, three end. Yeah, exactly. And so this is a totally new thing for him. And it doesn't, I haven't remembered it standing out too much except for one play. It was like a seven on seven drill. Um, This is the first couple days of camp where it, it's very similar to Drew Sanders play I was talking about earlier, where his back was just facing the wrong way. Otherwise, it's a pick. And if he had just gotten his head around, been a little bit more comfortable in that spot, it, it would have been an easy interception. So that's kind of interesting. But I also look back and I think, Randy Gregory averaged, I think it was like four plays per game. He was dropping in coverage because as an outside linebacker, like most of the time you're just going straight ahead. It was about the same with Bradley Chubb. And it's just enough to keep the offense honest and be like, oh, I I can't just assume he's coming because 1% of the time he does drop in coverage or 5%. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't want to just rush five every single time that you're in like your, your base defense, but I'm not too worried about that, but the th- put it, moving him inside would be interesting. He's just lost weight though. Like they are committed to, to playing him uh, at outside linebacker. Yeah. And I wonder how much that matters for longevity. Okay. You true. It's fun doing this exercise. Cause mm-hmm. if you followed the Broncos at all, you thinking that our entire first five minutes of convo about the Broncos biggest needs, you wouldn't think it would be, entirely dedicated to the defensive side but that (laughs) is anytime we've kind of done this this offseason that is where we land as well yep and also lloyd cushionberry is a free agent so what do you do with center next year do you bring him back do you like i think wattenberg's probably your number two i think Forsyth is another draft pick who's looking like he's in trouble still early but um maybe you have a, a guy on the roster you like and then tight ends the other Troutman list is the starter right now. Right. Dulcich kind of move guy. You got man hurts on a two year deal and he's going to be a big part of the offense. Mm-hmm. So you still got that, but they could justify a tight end as well, but maybe not with the first round pick. Cause that's tough to do regardless of situation. You didn't mention edge at all. You feel like that's a pretty consolidated spot. I think so. I mean, the big question is just Randy Gregory, as it always is, because yeah. after this year they can move on from him. I think right. they save they save ten million bucks by moving on from him. So you go mm-hmm. into the offseason saying, like, hey, would we rather have ten million dollars or Randy Gregory? Yeah. Assuming things don't go horribly this season, I think they probably keep Randy for another year. Um, and if that's the case, then you have Baron Browning on the other side. Jonathan Cooper looks incredible. Nick Benito looks like he's kind of added um the who's talking about this I th- oh it was the defense i think it was vance joseph saying like yeah he's got this the speed to power now so at least mm. people need to anticipate or be a little bit concerned they can't just take their wide steps and say like nope keep trying to get around the edge buddy you're not going to do it um still need to see those guys kind of prove it a little bit more yeah but as of right now i say you got randy you got one of those guys um but if things don't go well, then yeah, that that could easily jump to number one on the list. That makes a lot of sense. And I think you would probably say the same if I questioned you about the O-line, where it's like, look, they've signed mm-hmm. McGlinchey, they've signed 
you know, Bulls has a big contract. They signed Ben Powers and Miners has a lot of, um, you know, potential. And that's where they're yeah. at. Like, and that's where like question marks, obviously, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. But they're locked into the two guards and McGlinchey probably. I guess Quinn, you're just expecting that things won't go so badly you don't. Well, right. Like you you want him on a on a rookie contract for another year. Right. Um again, the interesting Bulls, one is left tackle, yes. Yep. Bulls, though, you save sixteen million bucks if you move on from him. And that's a big amount of money. What does that get you? Like almost get you a Mike McGlinchey, for example. Um it does. So it does, yes. I still think though, I still think I'd rather have Bulls than McGlinchey. Like having seen a couple practices, I kind of came in thinking that, but I still, I still think I'd rather have Bulls than McGlinchey. And so, as of right now, if you're giving 17 million to McGlinchey, why not give 16 to Bulls? Yeah, I heard you guys breaking down how Zach and Todd they're concerned about speed rushers, and you're concerned about power guys with McGlinchey. And I thought, oh boy. Um, yeah. To me, it's I just also. Power. I'm with you on the power. That's the thing that like just slaps you in the face when you watch exactly. the Niners tape from last year. It's like this dude just lost the ability to anchor mm-hmm. um, anchor versus power. He just exactly. could not hold his ground and he seemed later in his pants and you and I were doing a little softer research on like, was he playing at a different weight last year? Like this just se- yeah. really seems odd. seems like he was kind of coming off in the off year. Um, yep. obviously revolving door at quarterback doesn't help either, but I really think if you put a little more, just weight in them in that lower core, you could fix that. Um, and, and that's exactly what they did in 2021. He put on, I, th- I think it was like 15, 20 pounds. And then during the season, the quad just tore off the bone. It's like the body, his bodies could handle it. And so then he didn't get an off season before last year. Which again kind of explains then you go to really weak just because you couldn't do that. And I think that's honestly kind of what gives me hope is at least he has a couple he, he gets a real off season. He gets to get to where he wants to be. Um again, the speed does not concern me. I I think he's going to be just fine. It's just the power. I was yeah. actually talking to yeah. Tyler Columbus about this. And Columbus was saying, Yeah, he has the exact same build as me. He struggles with the same things I struggled with, which is just mm-hmm. like the speed to power when you get kind of get extended this way and guys just able to go right through you. And there's really nothing you can do about it because you're, he's six foot eight, 310 pounds right. with that build. You, you try to use your arms and don't let him get into your body, but it's if, a high center of your body. It's kind of just over. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the, it's the benefit and the curse of being a really tall, really long offensive tackle is you've got the length to keep them at bay. Yeah. But if they get into you, then yeah, you're in trouble. Um, yep. It interesting enough of the positions you've kind of highlighted. It's a not yeah, not a ton of high end corners going into the season. Okay. Um, edge. It seems like a pretty decent class. Intriguing stuff. The the blue bloods all have big guys. Um, though that's not one you highlighted. Tight end promises to be a pretty fun class especially with some of the top guys you know brock bowers texas has a nice tight end um and this offensive tackle class does promise to be half decent the headliners being fashanu from penn state 
Joel from Notre Dame, which has big McGlinchey vibes, big McGlinchey vibes <laughs> from him. Obviously, there's the same school, but he's just like tall, skinny dude. Um, JC Latham out of Bama and Donovan Jackson, who I believe is being moved from guard to tackle out of Ohio oh. State. Same thing, same transition Paris Johnson made um, last season. So of the positions we've talked about, that's the one that this class is more equipped to serve. And historically speaking, it's what Sean Payton goes after. And you've seen Sean Payton even go after offensive tackles when he didn't need one and put that offensive tackle at, at guard, you know? Um, so anything is possible uh, this summer. You talked about a couple guys. I want to ask a few more questions about before we get out of this. Um, but first Breckenridge brewery, the beer of summer, Broncos tailgates around the corner. Cannot wait to get into those. And uh, today we want to highlight the old Mountain Beach Sour, Jake Schwan. It's the Schwan man's absolute favorite. I'm a lager guy myself. Mountain Beach Sour, $6 at the DMVR bar this month. It's a great deal. Obviously, Breck has a beer for all flavors and tastes. Fun Slinger, Good Company Hard Seltzers. I'm a big lager guy, as I mentioned, and Strawberry Sky, always one of the favorites. Go check them out. Find a Breck beer near you at breckbrew.com, the beer locator. It's a beautiful thing. Boom. Check them out. They're an OG Mm -hmm. sponsor. Support them because they support us. Okay, Hank. Um, How about uh, young guys who you feel like are on the verge of breaking out. You mentioned Benito, who I'd love to get in on because everyone was really low on him after last uh, season. And I was kind of feeling like, man, did I miss on this guy? I really kind of liked him as Mm -hmm. a pass rusher at Oklahoma. Thought there was some off-ball versatility, just the way he moves. And it sounds like he's really standing out in camp. And then, yeah, I want to pick your brain more on this uh, Troutman, Greg Dulcich stuff. Yeah, I mean, Benito, he he didn't do much at all in camp last year, yeah. except for the practice against the Cowboys. Had a couple sacks in that one. It was a great day. There was literally nothing else in practice. Because you remember, it wasn't just like during the season, we're like, hey, Nick Benito doesn't seem to be doing much. It was in training camp. We're like, wait, where is this guy? Why hasn't he... <laughs> All of these guys are doing something except for him. So this year, that's very different. He arguably has been their best pass rusher. You know, it's a little bit tough because Frank Clark has been, he's only been on the field for maybe even not even half the practices, just with something or other. Randy Browning's been out. Exactly. Browning's been out. But Nick Benito, it is just about every day, especially in the one-on-ones. They've been doing a lot of one-on-ones. We watch him, it's like, this is kind of like a, a lab environment and it's working, you know, it's not quite like a real game situation where you might get chipped and you know, there, there might be some help from the guard or whatever it might be, but he's beating tackles at this point. And that's good to see, especially because they kind of need him this year. Yeah. Big time. If he can factor into that rotation, especially as a speed rusher, I mean, you just want like, you know, the Niners have shown it. You want depth, at those positions and you want to be able to just send those guys in waves, uh, especially, you know, to Mahomes and Herbert's way. And 
again, he's a guy I was high on, not maybe as high as Drew Sanders, but he has, he was always felt like a bit of a one trick pony, but that one trick is being a speed pass rusher. Like that's a really coveted trait in the NFL game. Um, Dulcich on the other hand, kind of the year, the, the guy who broke out a bit more as a rookie. Are you surprised Troutman's the one? Um, I was very high on Troutman coming in. Has he surprised you? Uh, yeah, the, those two guys. I, uh, I I was surprised mostly because I just assumed Dulcich is number one. Like that wasn't a spot that I would have even really looked at. You know, yeah. I've been looking around the rest of the roster, but then you see it and you're like, oh, that's weird. And then I thought about it and I was like, hey, it's not really that weird because Greg Dulcich just isn't going to be used much as an inline tight end. Like yeah. I think that that's kind of the story there is that if you need an inline tight end in just like a, a random situation, Troutman's probably that guy. Dulcich, as we've heard over and over again, he's their F, which or one of their Fs. They've got so many mm-hmm. of those F backs, H backs and just about every other offense, but F backs right. for Sean Payton. You know, it's Michael Burton is going to be doing that a lot because that's like the tr- traditional fullback spot, but then they'll move it around to all sorts of different other places. Um, Dulcich is going to be doing that. Nate Atkins, if he makes the team, is going to be doing that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a receiver doing that at some point, but I mm. haven't seen much of that yet. Um, so that's yeah, that's yeah. why I think it is with Dulcich is he's when they split a guy out wide, that's obviously him. When they move a guy around the backfield, that's him. Um, but Troutman, if you were just to say we're lining up an eleven personnel with a tight end uh, in line, we're calling a random play out of that. Who do you want? Give me Troutman because regardless of what the play is, he can handle it. Whereas Dulcich, as a blocker, still hasn't been great in camp. He's he's made a couple of really good blocks, yeah, yeah. but there's been a lot of blocks that he's missed. Man hurts can block. He can't really run down the field and catch. And for that reason, I do think it kind of makes sense. Um, surprised me a little bit though just because i hadn't really considered it yeah and troutman to me never felt like a true like inline guy like i feel like he's a smidge small to be like a true like you're gronk you know exactly no one's gronk but that's the um, thing i like i like his upside as a receiver though too you know troutman and i mean i love using dulcich on the move it's something i've been thinking about listening to the pod yesterday and todd talking about how hard it is for Marvin Mims to be a starting wide receiver and starting kick returner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder how much maybe less 11 personnel we'll see. And in lieu of that, you will see all these guys you've just mentioned who are in this mix. Um, and yeah, it's, I I could not be more excited to see this offense in a regular season setting and all that Sean Payton's going to do. And there aren't a lot of offenses that use 11 personnel less than Sean Payton. Like he's always toward the bottom. It's always the 12 personnel. It's the 21. Um, he'll use some 11 too, but when you're, when you're spending the game trying to hunt matchups, you don't really get to do that much when you're using 11 personnel. You know, I think last year NFL teams used the nickel 50% of the time against 12 personnel. Like that's where you're making to make a decision. Are we going to nickel? Or are we staying in base? Mm-hmm. And so you can force them to make that decision and see how it changes when you use, you know, do you go to nickel when it's Dulcich and Troutman? You, you definitely don't go to nickel when it's Troutman and Manhurts, right? But what if they do? Right. Or, or So you just kind of, that's that's why I think Adkins has a great chance to make this team because I do think that they're going to want four tight ends on this roster, even with Burton um, and those three running backs. I think that those puzzle pieces, that's what Sean Payton is all about. That is so exciting. I love it this is. so much. 
any other young players that are kind of breaking out or have impressed you that you want to hit on while we have just a couple more minutes? I mentioned Fayon Hicks. Yeah. He's a, a seventh round pick last year. Um, didn't really do much of anything. He hasn't been perfect in camp, but for example, he's been very back and forth with Kendall Hinton. And I think at one point he, it was a Jarrett Stidham pass he picked off or just this little uh, like return route. You know, Hinton takes like a step outside and then steps back in just a short little route underneath. And uh, Fayon ran that route for him and was able to just bully him, take the ball, run it back. And so you see a couple plays like that. Um, a couple plays downfield. They've used him on the boundary. They've used him in the nickel. I think they listed him as nickel in the depth chart. He's one who I think has a chance to to make the team. Hmm. He's like over. He's six foot or taller, right? And then I think he's just under. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got some decent tools, man. Like yeah, he really does. Um. Okay. Love um, it. Jaquan McMillan, I, I mentioned that. Guy. I know he is. And he's he's actually had like a tough last week or so of practice. Um, the first week he was everywhere. He was yeah. he was getting his hands on ball every day. But, you know, I, I mentioned before, you know, Marvin Mims caught that deep ball on Jaquan McMillan. Mm-hmm. Like he's had some of those and they've been they've been testing him against really good receivers. And so that's important to remember, too, um, you know, against their best. But. He has lost more matchups than he's won in the last week, whereas the week before he was he was making plays on everything. So he's another one who has done a lot to help himself, especially this spring. Um, and I think he's on the roster. He's definitely on the roster as of now, but yeah, preseason will be a good test for him um, because he's. I think he's going to get a lot of reps. He's in that sweet spot where you know it's starting at the end of the first quarter, probably running through the third quarter. He's one of the guys they're going to rotate in. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to watch him this preseason. He's one of the guys I'm tuning in for. As is Benito, as are yeah. the are those tight ends across the board. And uh Jaleel, man. Jaleel as Jaleel. well. And Beatty. Yeah. I, either one of those guys could be the guy who pops. I think everybody gets excited about Jaleel because he's the rookie. Uh-huh. But Beatty is also he's got some juice. Love that. And I got to watch Grimes. I got to watch Grimes as well. So it's going to be great to get back into it. Football truly here. You love to see it. Yes, please. Some some breaking news just as we finish. Ian Rappaport, uh, the Lions and Khalif Raymond agreed to terms on two-year extension, making one of the highest paid punt returners in the NFL. Broncos let him out of the building. They sure did. Uh, that Friends is now. quite interesting. Yeah, we yep. uh, we shall see. The Lions, I don't know, man. Murky offseason. Ah, uh, there's Shame. anything could happen with that team. Anything except the Super happen. Bowl. That can't happen. I would agree. They'll be somewhere between four and eleven wins. That's a big range. True treat having you back on the draft pod. We need to do this more often, Hank. Um. Follow all Hank's great work at the MVR Broncos. Obviously, you already know. Check out all the great stuff Jake and Justin have been doing for Buffs and Rams. Have a great week, and we will be back next week. Bye.